Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama podcast. It's been a while since I have been here, but I'm here um, with a new little baby boy. Um, Got to bear with me. We're about two weeks into this new little life with baby number six. But we are here to podcast today about something that's super important. And I'm excited to be able to share it with you guys. But we have Sarah Babb here, who is an LCSW um, and is in private practice. And she focuses on perinatal mental health. And we are going to talk today about birth and birth trauma and when things don't go exactly the way that we plan them to go how we come out okay and hopefully healthy on the other side you're listening to the latch mama podcast i'm your host melissa wirt business owner and tired mom of five join us each week as we talk about pregnancy nursing parenting and all things motherhood hi Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, we also have Corey here too. Hey. I guess I should probably, uh, <laughs> you guys know Corey. Corey's been here many, many times. I'm always here. She's my little lost buddy. We've done mm. a few podcasts on loss together and then pregnancy after loss. And she has her new little baby. Um, she not so little <laughs> <laughs> compared to this little peanut. But yeah, um, we're going to just kind of chat about birth today um and i'm really excited to have an expert here because we can Ooh, expert expert mm. i know no okay <laughs> sounds scary i know so somebody who can help us really truly kind of dial into those really important things that we focus yes. on after we have a baby is that better yes that is okay. i like that um cool so I would say that one of the number one questions that we see like in our Latch Mama Love group, um, which for those of you who are not in it, go check it out because I would like to think that it is the most supportive mothering space on the internet, hopefully, if we moderate it well. <laughs> Corey will be back from maternity leave at some point. So and we'll, excited. Uh, and we'll come make back sure and, you guys behave. <laughs> and make sure everybody's nice to one another. But one of the most seen I would say questions is about what happens when things don't go exactly the way that we expect them to go and I don't think any birth probably goes exactly the way anybody expects it to go but it's really interesting when these questions come up because I've watched it and it's either immediately when somebody gets pregnant again um, we see a lot of people who start questioning then or they're deep into their next pregnancy or they're at home suddenly without a care provider and they're stuck. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting to kind of look and see what we can do in those moments and, and how we can take care of each other and how we can take care of ourselves. So Sarah, you want to get us started? Sure. <laughs> Where to start? So I literally was in the daycare pickup line today and uh -huh. there's a mom who's due in just a couple weeks um, and it's her second and we were kind of all talking like, oh my God. And it made me think about my story mm -hmm. of like everything ended up being fine and everything was great. But like my kid wasn't born in a barn, but she sure tried. <laughs> she sure tried to be born in a barn. Um, so like... Even those little tiny things you just don't expect. I yep. was crying at work all day one day and 
had a baby the next day. It's nothing ever happens kind of as we plan it. Yep. Um, and I think these little babies teach us that. 100%. And they're going to continue to teach us that. Um, and I think we get stuck in this place of thinking there is a should. And mm-hmm. so when my clients are in therapy with me, I don't accept two things from them. I don't accept shoulds and mm-hmm. I don't accept sorries. And it's not mean. And it's just we don't need to have a should or a sorry in therapy. Like I'm going to take you and work with you wherever you are and wherever you are is perfect and wonderful. And we're going to get through whatever we need to, but there isn't a should cause there's no right way to do any of it. I love that. And I feel like we're living in a society sometimes where between social media and just kind of this materialistic, like push of selling you the things that make things prettier or the things that make things perfect, you know, we're, we're, pushing ourselves to a place where things need to be beautiful and things need to be, you know, looking perfect where I can tell you this is baby number six. And I wanted to do this podcast two weeks postpartum because I wanted to not be too far out of it myself to say, oh my gosh, nothing is beautiful and nothing. I mean, there are very many things there when I make out with my baby and kiss them all (laughs) over his face. I mean, it's very beautiful. And my other kids hold the baby. It's very beautiful. But it, it it's a it's a hot mess. Motherhood is messy. Oh, it is so messy, and it's putting one foot in front of the other and finding, you know, the beauty and the happiness if you can in those in those moments. But you, when you first came in today, I loved the idea that you gave me your three things yes. that you, uh, I don't know, you talked to moms about, or how do you how do you phrase that? <laughs> Yeah. So in um, early on in treatment, I may or may not mention it to people, but mm-hmm. like the things that I'm looking out for in that intake appointment or the first couple appointments is how much sleep is this mama getting? Yep. How much or how little is she eating and when? Like, are you eating throughout the day or are you just eating at night after baby goes to sleep? Yep. And um, where's the support? And that might be a partner. That might be a family member. It might be friend, a doula whoever it is, um, and how well are we sharing with those supports? Because we might have the supports and we just don't want to share that because my mama brain says I should do all of it. And sure, you can. And you can also not, and it'll be all okay. It's so funny. It's so funny to hear you say that because I will. I hope that anybody that's listening to this right now has this like kind of chuckle, you know, (laughs) ding, ding, ding in their head where, you know, it's, It's funny, the postpartum experience is probably very different for a lot of people, but I feel like there's a thread that kind of puts it all together for everyone. Um, You know, I was talking to Corey when she first got here that I was on the high maintenance weight plan right now with this baby, which is just jokingly that the pediatrician who I'm lucky enough to have come to my house, um, so much privilege just in that statement alone, but it's still difficult. But the pediatrician is coming to my house to weigh my baby every few days because I'm a lactation consultant. I know what I need to do to make breast milk. I know how to feed my baby, but I wasn't eating. And it's one of those things that it's like, why wasn't I eating? I wasn't eating because I didn't want to eat. But I knew I needed to eat. And it's just this spiral thing where if you feed your body, you mentally start feeling better. You have more energy. You mm-hmm. can care for your baby better. Sometimes you just don't really want to eat, you know? So it's just this this cycle of taking care of yourself and making sure that there's somebody there um, who's supporting you. And, and I think sometimes it. we can have that supportive partner. We can mm-hmm. have those supportive parents. We can have the friends and everybody saying, do this, do that, that 
do this. Mm -hmm. And you might know, like you might be a professional in your field Mm -hmm. and know this is what I'm supposed to do, but it doesn't make it easier. And I think sometimes we all deserve to have that outside professional reminder Mm -hmm. of like, this is okay. And this Mm -hmm. is what needs to happen. And everything is going to work out. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be perfect always, but it's going, things are going to work out in the way that they work out. Sometimes it's harder. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's easier, but we do have to make those changes for ourselves because we deserve that. And until we do that, we're not going to be able to make those changes for our kid. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are sitting, listening to this postpartum (laughs) right now and you have not eaten, get up and go. Here's your reminder. Sandwich. (laughs) Go have a snack. Um, Okay. Well, let's talk about birth. And let's talk about maybe how to set expectations to be flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people go into kind of pregnancy, especially that third trimester, and make themselves a birth plan. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Um, So I think birth plans are great and wonderful and beautiful. Um, I also think that sometimes we forget that... It's just that it's a plan. So like I have my notebook with my Mm -hmm. plans of what I needed to do today. Um, Am I going to hit that mark? No, probably (laughs) not. But I had the intention. Um, And so it's setting those intentions of what you would like. So maybe you don't get the beautiful water birth, unmedicated, everything, you know, birth. But maybe you get um, a birth with a partner or a parent or somebody by your side and a baby that comes out and is mostly healthy. And that's, that's the goal is to have, have a baby. And sometimes that happens. And sometimes, unfortunately, that's not the result, but we have to work through the process. We can't, we can't stop it and we can't change it. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. And the hardest thing is not to struggle with that, that process, trust the process. One of the things that Emily, we've had Emily Bruno on this podcast quite a few times. Um, One of the best things she has said to me as a doula is that we don't call it a birth plan. We call it our birth preferences Yes, because these are things that we would prefer to happen, but it's, it's may not. And you need to be okay with that. And if you can't get okay with that while you're pregnant, then you need to have a really great support system afterwards to help you deal with the aftermath or you could get a therapist to help you understand (laughs) while you're pregnant that things may or may not go the way that you would like them yeah I remember like this baby was our quote-unquote farm baby we had moved from the house that I had had all the previous babies at to this farm and we wanted one last baby because we wanted we had our we have our babies at home and we wanted to kind of bless the house with one last baby and you know (laughs) And I started as a mom of had already had five babies. I started contracting really early, like 35, 36 weeks. And I had this incredible fear that I can't have a home birth before 37 weeks. What happens if I have to have this baby in the hospital? And I remember my therapist saying to me, so you have the baby in the hospital? Like, uh, let's let's talk about what that would look like. Let's talk about the fact that if that happened, you're not letting anybody down. And I was like, no, 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 wait, I am letting people down because my husband wants to have this baby at home. And she was like, yeah, no, no. I mean, you're, you're going to have to have, you know, she was very sweet, but she was like, you're going to have to find joy, you know, in a plan other than that because it could potentially happen. And, you know, let's talk about some things that could be 
good about that side of it, you know? So I think that you're so right. And the idea that the first lesson that these babies ever teach us is the fact that things are somewhat out of our control. Yes. And it was such an amazing moment. I remember a lot of people on this podcast know that I had my first baby in the back of a car and I was so type A. I was selling real estate. My husband and I had traveled the world. We had gotten, we had had an early loss and then we got pregnant and the pregnancy was easy and great and everything was fantastic. And we labored at home all day and we had taken all of the classes and everything was great. And it was this absolutely gorgeous day. And 10 years later, I can say it was an, it was, it was a perfect day, but we sat down on the couch and I was like, I think I might be in labor. And I think I might've been in labor all day. Called the midwife. I took a bath and suddenly I had to have my baby. And like we were alone and it was nighttime and it was terrifying. We had him on the side of the road, but I can tell you that that baby, Nathan, literally taught me that motherhood was to be completely prepared for the unexpected. And it has completely shaped how I parented all the rest of my kids, how I built this business. Um, One of the coolest lessons ever, but holy moly, was there a lot of processing on the other side of that birth, Um, which I think is such an important thing for us to give ourselves the time and space to do. Um, can you help talk a little bit about maybe if somebody doesn't have access to a therapist or different ways that they can kind of process things on the other side, maybe? Yeah. So there are a lot of therapists out there. Richmond has a really great kind of birth and baby scene, I guess. We have um, quite a few providers out there that do specialize in perinatal mental health. Um, Some people, therapy is just, they're not ready for it. It's not for them. They're having trouble um, making it a part of their everyday, um, which is a reason to go to therapy if you're having trouble making therapy work. Um, Just that's a side note. But um, there are also support groups. Um, and right now because of COVID, um, a lot of them are, are all of the ones that I know of are virtual. Um, and so the postpartum support Virginia website has a great list. Um, I love to reference it as I'm talking about it with mm-hmm. people because I can be like, Oh, tonight you could go to this support group <laughs> and tomorrow you can go to this support group. Um, and they have that for people, um, like pregnancy after loss. They have really specific things. They have ones for mamas of color. They have ones for military families. And then they just have general support. They have general empowerment groups. um, And those are all really great. They're hosted, some of them by hospital systems, some of them by organizations. Are these national? Are they all within Virginia? The ones on the Postpartum Support Virginia website are all Virginia-specific. If you go to the Postpartum Support International website, which I believe is postpartum.net, they have an even more extensive list. Um, And so that's one that I find myself referring to as much or more sometimes because they have really um, specific groups for those needs. I think the challenge with anything is, you know, a... a support group for parents that have had a loss, a pregnancy or an infant loss. They have one at one o'clock Eastern standard time on Mondays, which is great, but those working parents can't attend that. So like I can help you figure out how to do FMLA to be able to attend a support group, but 
you know, that's still a challenge that we have to overcome is to find those supports um, that are going to be accessible to people, especially those people who might not be able to do it because of work. Yeah. Do you have any other advice in terms of processing? I mean, are you a fan of journaling or? So I'm a fan of journaling. If you're a journaler, I um, would love to be a journaler. I am not a journaler myself, but I can tell you all day about it. Um, The only thing I think is really tough is when you have a lot of trauma, if whether that's around um, conception, fertility stuff, childbirth, or anything else, any Mm -hmm. other type of trauma, just being aware that journaling can sometimes bring stuff up that is hard to put back down. Um, and so often it's gentle journaling. Um, one of the best things my therapist did with me one time was like, all right, so you're not going to journal every day for 30 minutes. Can you journal one word a day? Wow. And just like write one word down. And if something else comes out, that's great. If nothing else comes out, you've done one word and maybe do it once in a week. And so giving me permission like, to do one word a week, I was doing three and four a couple times a week. Like a sentence on how you're feeling? No, literally like just like, word or like, like just connection. A word. And so then I just wrote the word connection and then I just thought about it. Wow. And it made me like think. And so sometimes I would talk about like write lists of I want this. And so like if I give the example of connection, uh-huh. I want to feel connected to this. I'm not feeling connected here. I am feeling connected here. Like it could bring stuff out. And sometimes it was just like you write the word down and that's fascinating. That's as deep as I wanted to go that day. Wow. Okay. So I would love every woman whose birth does not go as planned to have a therapist. I would love every woman who has a birth or has no birth to have a therapist and man. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm I'm dialing this down very specifically for this podcast. I agree with you. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that I'm coming to learn that therapy is a good thing, (laughs) but, but let's for the sake of this. Yes. It's not going to happen. Like, we could take every profit dollar that comes out of this company and put it towards helping support women, and we're never going to get there. We can't even get four weeks of paid maternal leave for women in the United States. So I really, really want to make sure that we're not just talking today about how therapy can help, because I think that we need to talk about that because I think it is more attainable than people realize. I think the fear and the vulnerability aspect of it hold a lot of women back from reaching out and trying to find support. So I think that there's definitely that at play, but I also think that there are a lot of places where it's just not there. either financially, um, Or honestly, we've gotten ourselves so far down in some sort of spiral situation or lack of support, lack of food, lack of sleep, that the idea of even trying to find something right now, Mm -hmm. it just seems like the most daunting thing in the world because you also have a newborn and you're also healing from, you know, trauma, from grief, from fear of the unknown, all of those things. So... What, what what do we do? Give me give, give me the magic answer. Like wow. what I know. Like what 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 do we tell that? I think that there's probably a significant amount yes. of population who is who show up on our Facebook group and like I'm not trained. All I can do is say, you know, here are some resources. Here are some links. 
yeah. you know, make sure you're eating and you're sleeping and so, luck. so absolutely like finding some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. So maybe that does look like a Facebook group. Yep. Some of Facebook groups are really unhealthy. Yep. Um, not ours, but finding a healthy one <laughs> yeah. like yours, yeah. um, it's hard. can be, you know, can be a saver. I am a big proponent of like using apps like peanut, which is like tender for moms. If you guys haven't heard of wow. that, no. um, that's a really I've cool resource. It is literally like tender for moms. You and, swipe. Yes. Yeah. You swipe up and down. What? Yeah, like make friends locally. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> and so um, I like, but not not in a bad way. Like like in a really really good way. But like friends in general. Oh, in a social just, anxiety way. It's a no yeah. for me. But it's a fantastic wow. idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. I didn't. I was with my um, my partner before uh-huh. you know before Tinder was a thing, and so like I was like I've never swiped swiped up or down for people. <laughs> like this is weird. I guess Tinder is side to side, right? But this is up and down. And then when you make a match, they're like. It's like peanut butter and jelly because it's called peanut. Oh, that's cute. It's wow. Really <laughs> precious. I feel like though it's kind of a little like I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to like swipe away from anybody. I feel like isn't that well, kind of mean? No, but, I mean, I no, know because yeah, you're gonna come to it with from some sort of therapy thing saying yeah. we're not gonna connect with everybody in life. I get it, but I still think it's kind of mean. Well, it's not that I don't wanna <laughs> see you. You can set it to say like not today. Or, you know, like I would right. like to chat to them and then you can always reach out to people whether or not you're a match. Um, they invite you to talk to everybody who matches you. They tell you if somebody's swiped up for you or down for you. And it's not saying I don't like you. It's just saying, you know, I don't I have a three year old girl. I don't really want to have a play date with somebody who has an eight year old boy. It's not I my ideal it. situation or somebody who lives an hour away. Right. It showed up in my group. I'm, mm. But they also have things like. Um, they call them pods and so they're you know people will join a little group and it's a like a phone conversation kind of like a I don't know those things where you hop on and like house party call kind of thing and you can talk about different things and there's forums on there and so peanut is one example Mm -hmm. I have some that love like some of the forums that like pregnancy forums that they hopped on when they were pregnant and Mm -hmm. now everybody in the group has babies at this point and they still look at it. Some of it has drama. Some of it doesn't. You know, you take what you need. So right. the answer is connection. Yeah, I think connection is one. Which I is think one. is great because I feel like that's such a big part of the therapy process in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as a therapist, my biggest job is to build a connection with somebody, build a healthy relationship and have healthy boundaries in place, have um, somebody that you feel safe with and connection. And so if it's in therapy and that's where you find connection, that's great. But it's also, I need you to also, if you're in therapy, I need you to also find connection mm-hmm. naturally because it doesn't have to be just one way to connect. Yeah. Um, and some of it, like I listed a lot of stuff that's online. Like yeah. there are real life things. I think sometimes having, Having it right there on your phone is quick and helpful, but mm-hmm. I also encourage people like take it to the next level. See if you can find a play date, find a neighbor, mm-hmm. even if it's just a wave to somebody. I remember when my baby was about the age of yours, mm-hmm. um, we went on a walk in the neighborhood and I was doing something, struggling with a stroller or something. And some mom came up to me and was like, Hey, do, you know, and started talking to me. And I was like, so thankful that oh my gosh (laughs) I've been alone with the baby I needed an adult to talk to me that like 
And I didn't know her. She had cute kids. They were eating really yummy snacks, it looked like. I wanted snacks, but <laughs> didn't get any. And and it was really cool because I like I knew that in my head. Mm-hmm. And when I moved out of that neighborhood, my last, I don't know if you guys are on Buy Nothing or anything on oh, yeah. Facebook and stuff. Yeah. So my last Buy Nothing pickup was with that mom. And I was <gasps> able to so tell cool. her like, to be. yeah, you were the first person I talked to like after I had a baby, after I had a baby in the neighborhood. And that yeah. now you're like the last connection I have with this neighborhood, oh. which was so cool. And like, am I friends with her? No. But like, was I able to have like a really authentic mm-hmm. connection with somebody in that moment? Yes. I love that. But it doesn't it took, have to be forever. But it took you getting outside to go for yes. a walk. Yes. And you don't even have to go out for a walk. Just go out and get some sun. Your yeah. body needs it. Your baby needs Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and if that's what it is, that's great. Um, to meet kind of that need. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm doing in therapy is I'm offering walk and talk sessions. So like we, we can meet at a park because everything I do is teletherapy. And that's great. But if one of your like treatment goals is to find connection and movement and get out of the house because you've been so isolated with baby, like I'm going to help you meet that goal and we're going to go out and we're going to walk at the park. Um, And I think that's really important because then that helps people get out and kind of take that first step. I love that. It's it, And sometimes it's a little bit of getting out of your comfort zone. Like yes. even if you're living in your sweats that are dirty for four days and Bring have washed you. your hair, yeah. like Bring just, you know, make, you. make the effort to go out, even go for a walk, get some sunshine. My sister is, um, she's an extrovert and mm-hmm. she's one of those people that I, she can strike up conversations in the line at the grocery store and at the park. And she forces me out of my house to take my kids to the park when I don't feel like it and strikes up a conversation with absolutely anyone and makes friends right there on the spot. And it, it really forces me to say, hi, how are you? How old are your kids? You know, mm-hmm. make a connection with people I would not normally talk to and, and, and realize that I'm an adult and I need adult conversation other than dealing with my kids. Yeah. So if you're an introvert, find an extrovert that likes you. They're yeah. probably looking for an introvert to like they'll adopt you. Adopt. They will. And, so and if you're an extrovert, you know, find an introvert you like. They're out there. <laughs> they totally will. So I feel like we're definitely touching on just general postpartum stuff, which I think is so incredibly yes. important. But If you add that extra piece of the puzzle, which is, you know, this amazing thing that I thought, you know, I thought Mm -hmm. there'd be Christmas lights hanging in the window and I thought that it was going to be this beautiful, gentle birth where my husband was going to rub my back and, you know, the baby was going to come, you know, softly into the world. But instead it was this, you know, vacuum delivery that got scary and the baby's heart rate dropped and, you know... And I'm at home and I'm doing all of the things, which is, you know, feeding the baby, changing the baby, trying to feed myself, trying to keep maybe other kids, you know, happy and content. And all of a sudden I'm processing this traumatic experience that happened in my head. But I don't necessarily have, you know, the ability to find a therapist or somebody to really talk to about it. Um, I feel like we're kind of landing at the idea that finding somebody to talk about it with is probably better than keeping it all inside. Yeah. Is that, I <laughs> Just mean. Just call me out, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Poor Corey. Uh, um, no, I love it. It's- but, I mean, I, I feel like that's, I mean, that's kind of where we're getting to, is that 
staying with it all in our head is probably not the safest, healthiest place to be. Yeah. But for a while, maybe it is. I don't know. Talk to me about like, like from like a non-therapist perspective, but knowing what you know as a therapist. Absolutely. Like where, what what do we do? Where do we start? Like if you have bottled, just, you know, asking for a friend slash myself. Um, (laughs) If you have bottled it all up because you don't know how to deal with it, how do you start? I think just finding that small little connection, like Mm -hmm. I said, with the journaling, you know, just one word at a time Yep. and, and finding what it is seeing, you know, what's going on in my body. Um, when, when this comes up, maybe yep. it's something that your baby does. Maybe it's something your partner says, maybe it's something a coworker does. Um, and just finding like checking in with your body because so often when we have trauma, mm-hmm. you like bottle it up and it's mm-hmm. safer that way. Right No, it's no. not, it's really not after a while. Yeah. Um, and I know that's the therapist in me, but like also just as a human, like it gets what dangerous. Is it? Body keeps the score. Yeah, the is, body keeps the score is, is a great, yeah. great book about that. Um, but it's interesting that like it all can start to manifest in different ways. Yeah, with blood pressure, with you know eating differently, headaches, with, body yeah, aches. Oh, I get migraines now. That makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very fascinating that yeah. trauma in general can affect so much more than just your mental health. Um, so <laughs> we keep coming back to this. So it's finding that small connection, finding that way to mm-hmm. start talking about it. Mm-hmm. But and this is this is going to be a, a, I'm a believer now in the whole talking therapy thing. But I can tell you from somebody who wasn't always there. What does opening it up and talking about it? Is it the validation process that helps? You? I think that's one of the biggest things is okay. like knowing, hey, I'm not alone. Like I didn't realize I was the only one who thought that or mm-hmm. had that that feeling or other people had that happen to them too. Like these are these are okay things. These are normal things. Um especially with like grief and loss or trauma. You know, you feel like you're on an island and you feel like this thing has happened to me. And I'm not saying it to minimize it because mm-hmm. your trauma is huge. It's important. It's it deserves to be felt. It deserves to be handled with care and love. But like there are other people that also have that and they can kind of heal with you or heal beside you. Like you don't have to do it by yourself. And we're all getting we're getting back to connection at that point. Yeah. Is that there's yeah. just, you know, that that moment where you realize that somebody does care and somebody does want to listen to you. And, you know, Absolutely. whether whether they can validate what you're saying or not, like I can't I can't meet necessarily Corey where she is right now in terms of my birth experience. But I can tell her that I hella care about her, you yeah. know, and I will listen to her all day long. Um, and I think we kind of get into this trope of like, oh, well, let me tell you my birth story or, yeah. oh, let me it tell you that. It kind of becomes that a competition. Help. And that sucks. really doesn't. It really and does. So, so it's not about, oh, I had this happen to me and, you know, I, I understand. That is like one of the, it's a really scary, dangerous way to treat things of saying, oh, I had this so I can understand. No, yep. absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. you had that and maybe that's okay. And maybe that helps you understand. But like right now, mm-hmm. this isn't about 
like you as a person, what you've had, it's about that person. And and if you're the one on the the side of like needing to open up, it is not about, you're not going out to hear all these terrible birth stories because people have them. They'll tell you. Yeah. They will tell you. And like, I think I did that to you, Corey, when we were talking, I was like, Oh, I know this person. I'm like, that was terrible of me. And it's not not malicious. You're also not working right now. Yeah. It's not malicious, but It, it can be harmful and minimizing. And so if you're that person that's caring for that mom that might have had that or dad or anybody that had that trauma, mm-hmm. it's not about I know so and so had this and this mm-hmm. helped them. It is I am so sorry. I that mm-hmm. was not how it should have gone. And I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're safe. Mm-hmm. What do you need and sometimes it's not even what do you need? Because if I asked you right now, what do you need? You probably couldn't tell me. <laughs> no, but I can't come up with if it. If I said, hey, can I bring you dinner on Thursday? You could say, oh, my God, thank you. I yeah, feel like I'm having so a much. conversation with um, with Sarah Fielding, who's also been on the podcast previously. But she's been like her and another friend have just been a rock getting yeah. over birth trauma because you need that person that not only is going to listen without any judgment or talk over you when you're ready to talk but also that person that doesn't wait for you to say like hey I need this they just decide hey she probably doesn't want to cook dinner tonight I'm gonna drop it off I'm not gonna ask like can I bring this over can I cuddle your baby hey I'm just gonna come over I'm gonna leave it I'm gonna drop off Starbucks and I'm gonna go your house doesn't have to be clean I don't have to stay and visit but I just want you to know I want to hear I want to help yeah, there's that text that went viral. I don't know. I think it was on the Today Show Instagram feed actually today where a woman was going through a loss and the text message said, I'm going to give you five options. You know, option one is I'm going to come take your kids to Chick-fil-A at 3.30 and bring you takeout. Option two is I'm going to get whatever you need from Target and leave it on your front porch and you don't have to see anybody or talk to anybody. You know, option number three is I'm just going to send you prayers and hugs or whatever. Like, I just need to know which option you want. Aww. Like, very just dialed in to the idea of, hey, these are the options. You know, like, yeah, what what, you know, what can I do for you? without really making them think you're already making so many choices every day of yeah. like when am i going to feed how am i going to feed what am i going to do what am i going to exhausting decision making yes. so having somebody tell you like okay these are three great options i do the same thing with my toddler like you yeah. can you get to choose between this shirt Absolutely. and this shirt i love yeah. that do you want to wear elsa or Minnie mouse and <laughs> and so like good options so so giving that person in your life or telling that person i just need you to do mm-hmm. something that's helpful um one thing i recommend to moms and it's kind of like everybody's like what no i'm not gonna do that but (laughs) is write a list and keep it on your refrigerator of things that have to get done in your house every single day or every single week like cleaning the cat box Mm -hmm. or wiping down the counters sweeping transferring laundry folding a basket of laundry things that are just you could Mm -hmm. do them maybe maybe Mm -hmm. But like somebody else can really do those. And so when they come to visit, when they mm-hmm. come to drop stuff off, be like, great. You can there hold you the go. baby after you clean the cat box yeah. because that's on the list. Or check out the refrigerator. Yeah. I, it's no. so crazy because some people have those skills. And yeah. there are some people whose brains, like you're mm-hmm. saying, like Sarah, whose brains have been either taught or whatever to just kind of do. Do it. Yep. Like I had somebody after... I had the baby and they said, Hey, would you like a meal train? And I said, 
my first reaction is I have all the privilege in the world. I can DoorDash dinner. I can Instacart dinner. I, I, I don't need anything. I, the idea of anybody in my world taking time to make me dinner right now seems absolutely ridiculous to me. But I can tell you the idea that I would not have to think about door dashing dinner. I would not have to think about anything. And the idea that it would just show up and the kids could eat it or not. And they could have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich if they wanted, whatever. But like there's such an there's such an other element of not having to actually think about anything. Yeah. You know, which I think is something that. It sounds like people have shown up and and done for Uh, you more than more this pregnancy and and birth than any other. I mean, I worked at Latch Mama when I had my last baby, but it it was a sort of typical delivery and I was pretty comfortable afterwards. I got to enjoy my baby and not really worry so much. And this one, you know, it was scary. It was traumatic. It was a lot. And my friends showed up like I can't tell you the amount of dinners that just came to my house. I was not even warned like pizza was on the doorstep <laughs> go outside and get it I, i'm not asking you when you want it just get it it's feed awesome. your kids so you don't have to worry about it it's great so any other things like because i feel like where this kind of ends podcast wise or where we go is like how the lay person or the friend can support the other person when they find out either they've just had a baby or you know Maybe the birth didn't go exactly the way it needed to go, or maybe there was a loss or, you know, how do we support each other through this showing just showing up? Yeah. Showing up and listening and making connection and, you know, I think something I I've learned after four, I mean, you've had six, so you probably you'd noticed it too with with DoorDash. But it's Mm -hmm. like just because you don't need help doesn't mean that help wouldn't be great. Mm -hmm. And you're so deserving of it. I don't need anybody to watch my kids. I'm perfectly capable of like putting on a movie so I can rest with the baby. But if somebody came and took care of them so I could actually rest, that would be amazing. Yeah. No, and I I absolutely agree. Yes. It's been it's been a really interesting couple of weeks postpartum for me and I think Lindy and I are going to podcast this at some point too. Just the idea that as like kind of life changes and as community changes, um, you know, Latch Mama is a very different place than it was when I had my last baby and when I had my baby before that. We've grown. And I don't want to say we've kind of lost the community, but this was very much my community for so long and we've grown and I think a lot of it is pandemic based I don't know if you've seen a lot of change Mm -hmm. as we've kind of separated and as we pulled away but this has by far been kind of the loneliest postpartum for me because I feel like we've started to break ties a little bit instead of having somebody come sit on my bed and bring me a cup of coffee it's a text message instead but I feel like that's kind of society in general you know kind of a covid shift and change so i think it's something that we definitely need to kind of focus on a little bit and be aware of because it is a lonelier time to have a baby right now you know like it's Mm -hmm. just it i I don't i don't know because i feel like people are less oh yeah used to being together some people are having babies alone like it's it's really scary right now and i think um if you can't show up in person text messages are great make a phone call FaceTime with somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody has Marco Polo. I really love Marco Polo. (laughs) I do it with Amanda all day long where I'm having a conversation with her. 
it's but you know she we, can answer it and when she, she can wants answer to. it when she gets a chance but i'm seeing her face i'm seeing her kids i'm i'm seeing yeah. her dog and we're talking about our days and it's I really feel like I'm connection. I'm, I'm really connected. <laughs> we were really you supposed to, to talk about birth trauma, but I, I know. feel like we're talking more about connection. Which <laughs> Connect I after your birth trauma. It's necessary. Yeah. Yes. Even if there's no trauma, even if you push a beautiful baby out in 10 minutes in your bathtub in your bedroom, I mean, it's still, <laughs> it, I'm not saying that your trauma is not important. No, I'm no. I'm just saying that like, we I haven't need there to <laughs> make sure that we are connecting with each other, you know? Yeah. Anything else you want to leave with? Any like sage thoughts of what needs to, what we can do to support each other and build community? Just be open and listening and, and love and love. be there for each other. Like it's not about, it's just showing up and yeah. whatever that looks like for that person. Yeah. Just show up. All right, guys, that's the message. Go text text or call. Text or call. A friend. Um, and yeah, that's our challenge today. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.